Hey, um, so a special day today, actually, for me. It's May 24th. Um, five years ago was the first Sunday that the church that we actually moved here to plant, Agape Life Church, the first Sunday that we met publicly. So, like, we had been meet, we'd met in our home for about, I don't know, seven or eight months, just with our leadership team and with a small group of us. And then we started having meetings in, a, in the Cedar Park Rec Center. And May 24th was the, was the first day that we did that. It was also, there was a couple on our leadership team, just love them, Dan and Danielle, they're in Kerrville now. Um, and uh, it was their, their wedding anniversary on that day, too. And when we were planning for it, I mean, we, thought, we were like, oh, May 24th, that'll work great. And they didn't even say anything about it being their anniversary. So humble, just wanted to serve the Lord. And, they're like, and we found out, and we're like, oh, no. And they said, oh, we'll do something another time. It's no big deal. Um, and so just, it was just a real special day when I realized it was May 24th. I was also very thankful. So last week, I wasn't feeling good. I was, I was listening to Kyle online. It's like the best sermon I've ever heard him. Just one of my favorites. He, you know, he's always good, but like, we're not supposed to have favorites, but we do, you know, for <laughs> like, you know, there's sermons that Glenn has preached that I'll never forget. And then there's sermons that I'll never forget. And then I've forgotten some of them. So, um, but it's not, that's not mean because I forget most of the ones I preach. So it's okay. It's not, it's not bad. But anyways, there was this Sunday, you know, I, we, were a, we were a small church, you know, on a, on a big attendance day. There were maybe 25 people there. And, uh, and so I was the only one that preached. And uh, anyways, I woke up. I was so sick one Sunday. It's like 103 fever, just like couldn't even heart, like couldn't eat, like throwing up, all this stuff, and I have to go preach. And I was, I was just like calling, like, is there any way you could? And they're like, oh no, I don't, I don't have anything, you know. And so I like, I like went, and I had to sit down in a chair. I'm like in and out of consciousness, like, <laughs> you know, it was so bad. It was so bad. I imagine it would have been better if we canceled. And then, but last week I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not even like, I, I had a small role to play last week and then it just got covered because it was just a team of people that can, I was just so thankful for you guys. So thankful for uh, just like, nope, stay home. You don't have to come and, and die up here on stage. So I did, yeah, I turned in my homework. So yeah, it was good. It was an excused absence. Anyways, I'm just thankful. It's a good day. I'm thankful that it's Memorial Day weekend. I, I, I have a lot of political things to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but one thing, I just, one thing I just want to encourage you guys about, I mean, it's Norm, Gary, David, Cy, John. Did I miss any? Are there any other vets in the room? Did I miss you? So thankful for you guys. Man, we, when I grew up, I grew up in a... Um, I, well, I was like graduating high school when we're going to war in Iraq and, and Afghanistan, and many of my friends went to war. And some of them came back, you know, having, having gone to war, not loving Jesus, some of them came back on fire, having watched their friends die in front of them or in their arms. And, and, and some, of them, some of them came back not good, different. And... Uh, and so I just, I'm just so thankful for the work that the Lord's done in each of you and, and through you, um, through you all to me, <laughs> but through you all to many others. And, uh, and I'm just thankful right now that we live in this nation. I'm thankful, um, I'm thankful to be in a church that'll stand up and, and have a voice. Um, because if we don't stand up and have a voice, who's going to stand up and have a voice? Yeah. If we're not loud, someone else will make noise. And I just, I just encourage, I'm not telling you to, 
I'm not preaching anarchy. I'm, I'm preaching loudness, <laughs> right? Be loud with the gospel and be loud with truth and be loud with, with standing on what are uh, the people that have, men and women that have gone before us died to protect. Because there's many that are walking around with a loud voice that are trying to tear down what has been established through much blood, sweat, and tears, through much sacrifice. And if we don't stand up, and the reason that it had to be reestablished through blood, sweat, and tears is because the church got quiet. This is not what I'm preaching about today. I'm just telling you that silence in the church doesn't lead to good things in culture. So make noise and make it, and, and make it purposeful. And I just think, I'm, just, I'm just really thankful this morning that people made noise and, and, and that they went, this is worth dying for. This is worth it. It's worth it. Now on to the good stuff. <laughs> last week, if you haven't listened to Pastor Kyle's message from last week, like I almost want to just stop and just ask you to listen to it real quick and then come back. But I just listened to it this afternoon. It's online. You can get it. It's easy. Uh, but it's very good. It's very timely. It's very true. And I just want to piggyback. There was a, something that he said that really struck me this week. The Lord showed me some principles to draw out of a few passages that we're going to be in. But, um, but this concept of weight 10, right? Of weight, the, the weight 10 is, if you don't know the story, Jesus descends into heaven and he tells his disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem for the, for the counselor, for the helper, for the Holy Spirit. And he says, I want you to wait until you're clothed with power, dunamis power, miracle working power from on high. Okay, so they went back to Jerusalem and they started waiting together, right? And they were, they were praying together, they were meeting together. But here's the thing. They ended up waiting for 10 days. That's how long it takes. So you have the resurrection. Jesus is on earth for 40 days. He ascends 10 days later. So that's 50 days after the resurrection. Penta, Pentecost, right? So they're waiting for 10 days. And on that 10th day, the Holy Spirit comes, right? And it's amazing. But here's the thing. They didn't know how many days they were going to have to wait. I, I, would, I would challenge you guys to believe with me that they would have waited however long it took. It could have been 10 years. It could have been. Thank God it wasn't. I know they were thankful that it was only 10 days. They were probably like, let's go back. Maybe he'll come today. I wonder if a week into it, they were like, okay, how long are we going to have to do this? Because that, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm in this, bo- this boat too, but as Americans, would you be able to wait out the rest of the day, the rest of the afternoon, if Jesus said, go back and wait for the counselor? You're like, okay, I'm here. Where is he? Oh, well, we got other stuff to do. If he wants to send him, he'll send him. I'll be, he knows where I'm at. Ooh. I've done it. I've said it. I know you've done it. I know you've said it. I'm just saying waiting is purposeful. Waiting is not passive. It's active. It's very hard. And on the principle of waiting, do you want to know how many songs we sing about waiting? You probably don't know because you skip over it. I'm telling you, there are so many songs. We're like, we wait for you until noon when we go to lunch. We wait, you know. And the, am I lying? If I'm lying, I'm crying and I ain't shed a tear. That's an East Texas saying right there. Come on. I'm just telling you that there, when, he said, when he said, hey, let's, when he called, Kyle last week said, let's, I'm going to call you to, we're going to wait for the 10 days leading up to Pentecost, just like the, the 120 waited in those 10 days. And I thought, there is purpose in waiting. There is power in waiting. And there are results 
in waiting. It's important. Oh, it's so good. I, I just want to, I'm just going to brush on, the, on a couple passages here just to draw some principles out um, before I make a point here. But Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, if you want to follow along in your Bible, you can. If not, it'll be here up, up here on the screen. Um, if I power through this a little quick, just bear with me. I'll, I'll tell you what the principle was. Um, but this is a story of the Tower of Babel. I know most of you have heard this story, okay? So it says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And that means exactly what it says. There was one language, okay? As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come on, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. We can go to the next one. But the Lord, let me stop right there. So this is in direct opposition to what the Lord has told them to do. The Lord told them, go scatter, go fill the earth, go multiply, go spread out. And they're like, yeah, but we'd actually be way more powerful if we just stick together. And then it'd be easier for us too. So there's there's. 10 sermons in here about the shortcuts they take to build the tower, about the short, they're, they're trying to get like the greatest reward to the littlest amount of work. Sound familiar? But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the people the, that the people were building. The Lord said, if it's one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us, the Trinity, go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over, the, over all the earth. They stopped building the city, and that's why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This was a big love move on the Lord's part. This was a huge love move. This wasn't a discipline or a, or a lightning bolt. This was a, guys, we need the gospel to go out there. The whole, I've created an entire planet for you to subdue and love. And you can't just stay in one place. So what's the most loving way you could do it? It's like, man, I love you, but Kyle, you're not going to understand what Glenn says anymore. Sorry. Because then you, what you have to do is you have to go find all the people that speak your common language, and you're like forced to create community with them and then spread. So that's what happened. So the principle here is that, and I know many of you have heard this before, is that there is ridiculous amounts of power in unity. Look what they accomplished with bad motives, just because they were unified. God was not on their side. And God came down and was like, if we don't stop them, they're going to become unstoppable. God said that. God. Can you guys say God? God. Yeah, God said that. He went, if we don't stop, he's like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if we don't stop this. I mean, that's huge. That was just, that was, they're not backed by God just because they unified around one common goal. Okay, we see that happen all, we've seen it happen with all the terrible things that have happened in the last couple thousand years. They all start with one little goal and people start to unify around it. And as soon as you get agreement, you get power. Okay, so there's power and unity, power and agreement. Can you agree with that? Yes. Amen. There's, yeah, there's power in that just now. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter four, starting in verse eight. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. A miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. 
but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The two are better than one principle is one that it's a, it's a biblical principle that has truths in several different settings. And it has truth in this, in this idea of unity, what we're going to be talking about today. I just have to stop right here real quick. And just, I'm going to use the word unity a little bit in the next few minutes. Okay? And I refuse to let bad theology and heresies steal good words from the church. Okay? So I know... I know that there's Unitarian beliefs that are like everything goes and you are what you are and all these th- and New Age movements that use this word. I'm still going to use the word because we had it first, okay? And so I, I'm not going to, you just need to know what I'm talking about. When I say unity, I'm not saying anything goes. I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah, your truth plus my truth equals anybody's truth. Okay, but but the way that Scripture refers to unity and the spirit and the bond of, and spirit and the bond of peace—that's what we're going to be talking about today. So the two are better and better than one principle. Uh, you have there's power when you unify around something. When you unify around Jesus, the one—that's who we're supposed to be unifying around. Around that's where power comes. And then the two are better than one. Um, as we head into this week, this is the the, the final countdown. Um, uh, to, to Pentecost. And I think I wasn't the only one that played high school football, right? <laughs> or basketball or whatever. It's a warm-up song. As we head into this, this Pentecost, we're also heading into a new era. Guys, over the last, over the last year and even in, even in 2020 alone, the, things are different, right? I was talking with Kyle this morning. Over the, I mean, recently... We've watched Billy Graham go to be with the Lord. We've watched Reinhard Bonnke go to be with the Lord. And this week, Ravi Zacharias went to be with the Lord on Monday. Giants in the faith. Giants in evangelism, in apologetics, in love for people. And, and, what, and it's not, I refuse to look at it as just, a, as just going, okay, they're out of the way. Okay, what, well, yeah, well, what else? What, no. It's, it's a transfer of responsibility, I believe, that's taking place. A transfer of ownership, okay? As, as I'm not saying that we just copy their methods or, because there's a new, God's always doing a new thing. But the, the anointing or the mantle that was carried by these giants, and there's others too, but the, the, these are the three. The anointing and the mantle is carried by these giants. I believe the Lord wants to continue to pass on so that the word can continue to go forth and the kingdom can continue to expand. But as we come into, there's so many things that, 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 that are new about this season that we're in. As we come into it, now more than ever, we have to walk in unity as the body of Christ. Okay, Paul addresses this in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians a lot. There's like two different sections in the first three chapters where he talks about division in the church. He talks about it in his greeting, right? And then he actually addresses it again, like a chapter later. talks about divisions in the church and how crucial it is that you don't have any. He says, I want you all to be unified in mind and in thought. It doesn't mean that that we all eat the same thing for breakfast. This isn't like a cult message. This is, this is a very, very important message 
for the body of Christ that we have to be walking in unity. All right, a couple more principles here. Here's, here's where I, I, I really want to go. In the book of Acts, starting in chapter 2, this is a story of Pentecost. It's very, it's very awesome. I read it several times over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I want to see just a few things here. That we'll, we'll go through these. Acts 2, chapter 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all what? Say that word. Together. They were all together in one place. And then, this is the bridge, <laughs> suddenly wind, tongues of fire, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were all together in one place, okay? Acts 2, chapter 46, sorry, one back, oh, maybe it's not in there, that's okay. Acts 2, chapter 46 says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, so that's at the end of the same chapter. Then Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, and then verse 31 says, On their release from prison, Peter and John went back to, the, to their people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices, what? Together. In prayer to God. And they prayed, Sovereign Lord, and they prayed. And then verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So we're four and a half chapters into Acts, and repeatedly we see that when, when the church gets together and starts unifying around something, it attracts the power of, of heaven. This is, this is not an accident. Okay? These aren't four like separate togethers. Okay? The, the, it's an oxymoron. Yeah. Right? They, they were actually physically together, actually together in mind going, we're going to intercede around the same things. And then the Holy Spirit went, yeah, zing. Because that's how he does it. That's the word. Do you guys see the principles? The, Pastor Glenn, I think, prayed it this morning. Maybe it was Kyle. I can't remember. In pre-service prayer here at 8.15, the biblical principles that precede biblical power. Yep, yep. And I am telling you yep. that the biblical principle of unifying around Jesus, yep. unifying around the power of the Holy Spirit, leads to biblical power. It leads to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we sit and wait for an hour a day, who's taking part in that with a wait 10 call? That's great, many of you, good. I hope that after today, the rest of you will take up week, wait six, or however many days there are left. It's okay. You don't have to be like, I didn't start. God doesn't love me. My prayers don't count. You can wait anytime for any reason. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But what, what I love is that Kyle called everyone to a unified action step. And do you see the power? So Kyle could wait 10 by himself, and, and his prayers would go. So he would wait. And pray and cry out for the Lord, cry out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. Like we're not asking for an Acts 2 outpouring for this Sunday, this next Sunday. Did you know that? Because an Acts 2 outpouring is an old outpouring, right? We're asking for a new, fresh, something bigger and better that's never been seen before. But as Kyle, Kyle could sit and do that by himself and his prayers would go before the throne and he'd fill the bowls and he'd be heard and he'd get touched and he'd encounter and it's great. And I could do it. I could do it on my own over here, and Rachel could do it on her own over here. But when we all unify around the same thing, 
a cord of three strands, not easily broken, because of the Ecclesiastes two is better than one principle. If Kyle has a bad day and his prayers are a little like, eh, like bouncing off the throne, right? Just kidding. We know that doesn't happen. I'm just, but if he has a bad day or if he, he's just like trips up or whatever it is, Rachel and I are there and the, and the cord's not broken. But if he's doing it by himself, it just stops. So he called, when he calls the river in the hills and he says, we're going to wait for an hour a day. If you can come to the prayer room and wait, great. We're going to wait for an hour a day. We're going to cry out to the Lord. We're, we're going we're to ask him, but we're, mostly we're just going to wait. We're going we're gonna to say truth out loud. And we're going to wait. And then we're going to believe that what we're asking for is going to happen. Okay, we're going to do it through Saturday, and then we're going to meet here on Sunday, and everybody's going to be slain in the spirit, and shoot all over the ground, right? No, but it's going to, I think it's going to be way better than that, okay? So get, get it in your mind, and then remember that we serve a Lord who loves to do exceedingly better than we can ask or think, okay? You can imagine and think pretty big, right? Yeah, well, God thinks bigger. And so, and so, as, and so he calls everybody this unified thing. It's wait 10. We decide to do it. And I really believe that the more people that we have on board in this unified call to wait for the Lord, to cry out for an outpouring like we've never seen before, I believe that the more people that jump on that, the stronger that that prayer and call becomes. I'm not, so see, I want you to, I just want you to hear what I didn't say there. <laughs> I don't think that it changes God's power the more that we cry out. He's already as powerful as he will ever be. Yeah. Okay, that's not what we're changing. We're changing the measure in which we can encounter it, I believe. Yeah. The measure in which we can experience it, okay? He doesn't change, but our experience of it can grow, can get bigger, can increase. And that's what I believe happens. And so I, that's, I'm so excited, I, and I was like, why, could, why would we not get around? Why would we not get around a call to sit before the Lord together for a purpose? Yeah. To sit before the Lord together and purposefully wait. If you did nothing for an hour other than say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. Because like, I guarantee you, the 120 that were waiting, they had some hours where they were like, yep. I don't know how to pray. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm tired. Most of their hours were probably like that. They were, don't, don't over, don't, don't read this and go, they just sat there and sha-ra-ba-ba for 10 days straight. They didn't. But they waited intently. And I'm telling you, if you got together with, if you waited an hour every day and that's all you did was wait, it would be worth it. If you set aside the hour to intently wait on the Lord. So, does that make sense? Now is not the time to retreat. It's not the time to stay asleep. I love that we sung that today. Awake my soul. Come on. It's not the time to isolate, fall into terrible habits. It's not the time to sulk. It's not the time to complain. It's really never the time to do any of those last four things at all. Um, but definitely not now. It's the time to proactively unify around purpose, to proactively unify around Jesus. Because if the principles in Scripture are true, and they are, yeah. Yeah. then when we 
apply a principle, we can expect a result. You don't even have to have a lot of faith. (laughs) It's just a rule. It's like, it's, it's an easy, principles lead to rules. That's why I like principles. When you, when, you, when you apply a biblical principle, you can expect a biblical outpouring. And that's what we're expecting. This Pentecost and beyond. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not gonna wait until Saturday and then not wait anymore. Waiting is a lifestyle principle as well. I encourage you, look through your worship playlist and see how many songs have the word wait in it. We'll wait for you. Strength will rise as we wait. Waity, waity, wait, wait. And you're you're like, but you hate waiting. You hate waiting. That's why you go to the (laughs) drive-thru. You don't like to wait. How many of you have driven up to H-E-B and saw the line and been like, yeah, we don't really need groceries today? (laughs) I'm serious, yeah. And you've gone home and you've been all spiritual. I'm going to fast instead. When really, really, it was just because you didn't want to wait. Now is the time to really ramp up action. Now is the time to really press in for unity, to go, what are my pastors saying? What is God saying to them? If God's placed you in this local church, then he's placed leaders over you. That's a hard pill for many to swallow these days. I don't know why. I'm going to have some reasons why. See my political rant from earlier that I didn't go into. (laughs) But I'm saying, if the Lord has placed you in this church, then he's placed leaders over you. And he's given you the position, not only to have your own relationship with the Lord, but to also trust what the Lord has shared with with the leadership of the local church, and then to get on board with what they're calling you to. Does anybody have a pen? Can somebody say amen to it? So when Pastor Kyle stands up and he says, I feel the Lord has called us to wait for an hour a day for 10 days leading up to Pentecost. If the first place you go in your mind is a reason why you can't do it, repent and get rid of that spirit. Get rid of that spirit. If the first place you go in your mind is, what can I get rid of so I can do this? It's right where you need to be. Just let that one sit for a minute. I need, you, I need you guys to know as we close here, I need you guys to know that, so one thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to is, is this Saturday at 10, right here in the prayer room, it's the last day that, of the wait 10, and I'll be here, Kyle will be here, and we'll just be for an hour, we'll just do the last hour together, right? 10 a.m., yeah, 10 a.m., 10 to 11 a.m., just, just one hour, that's it. And we're just, we're just going to pray together. We're going to wait together. That's it, physically together, just like, just like Acts chapter 2. We're following a biblical principle and expecting a biblical result, a biblical power. And so Saturday at 10, mark your calendar. Kyle will send out some reminders this week. I'll be here. I hope you all can make it. Now listen, I really, really... I really, really encourage you guys. I really encourage you guys to be purposeful this week in your waiting and in your prayer time. You need to know that that word that Kyle shared even today, that God loves to love us, is so true. That there is nothing religious about this. 
As a matter of fact, it's like the opposite of the religious spirit that's happening here. This is so, there's so much freedom in this. There's so much joy in this. There's so much reward in this that it can't even, it doesn't even look like the religious spirit. And so I just encourage you, it, to, if, if you find yourself going, oh, I didn't start, oh, I'm in uh, uh, this like self-pity and, and, the, and this kind of putting shame on yourself, or, oh, my prayers aren't heard and all this stuff, to break that off. Break that off. Gina shared that on, on Friday at our home group. We got to break off that self-pity thing. And you got to know who you are. You are a son and a daughter, and your prayers are heard. You have to know that, that the next, that when, when we see this great outpouring that we believe for, yeah. you know that your prayers contributed to that. Yes. Yes. And, that and, I, and I would venture to say that it would not, you would not be experiencing it to the degree that you will be had you not prayed yes. because your prayer changes things. Your voice matters. Yes. We teach our kids the four most important things, okay? But they really could be taught to any age group. They're from Bethel, uh, from their curriculum for kids. Let's see if I can remember them all. God is good. That's the most important thing. God is good. Nothing is impossible. Jesus' blood paid for everything. And you know what the fourth one is? I am important. That's the four most important things. If you got those things down, that I am important. You are, Josh, you're important. Gina, you're important. Karen, can't do it without you. We can't have Pentecost without you. Todd, it's the same thing. These are real, real realities. I love you guys very much, and I hope, I hope you didn't hear any bout of condemnation. If you need to hear some condemnation, I can give you some later. But <laughs> like if you thrive on it or something, no. I'm just telling you. This, this, is, this is, the Bible is full. These are like five examples. The Bible is full of examples of how there's power in unity. The Bible is full of examples of how two are better than one. Why did Jesus call disciples? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's everywhere. He died to set us in families. He died to set us right here in this, in this local church. This is our, our spiritual family locally right here. And it's so good to see more and more of you each week. Just love it. All right. You guys, stand to your feet, if you would. Worship team. Are, wait, are we doing? We're doing music. That's right. Um, if you guys want prayer for anything this morning, whether it's healing, uh, you need a breakthrough in your finances or uh, relationships, work, whatever it is, you want, you want agreement with a, a family member that you've been praying for? As we dismiss, uh, instead of going out the back, what you do is if you want prayer, you come up these aisles here and then head over this way. And Glenn and Kyle and Haley will be over here um, praying for people. And uh, um, I encourage you guys to, to go get prayer if you need it. Just pray with me as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us these principles of unity. Thank you, Lord, for, for promises that are, that are yes and amen in you. And Father, this week as we wait, this week as we eagerly anticipate, this week as we cry out, as we fast, in all the ways that you've called us to be proactive this week, would you show up and meet us, Lord? Don't wait till next Sunday. Father, that we would taste and see that you're good now that it's always the time 
Lord, I pray, God, that I thank you, Lord, that we can always be more and more filled with your Holy Spirit, that there's a fresh baptism available now, and then there's another fresh one now, and I thank you, Lord, that they're infinite. I thank you, God, that that you sent your Holy Spirit to live in us, Lord. He doesn't get closer than that. Would you baptize even right now with love, with fire, Lord, with tongues, Holy Spirit, Lord, we're so excited about what you're doing. Father, I, I, right now, I just pray over you. There's a word released this morning. I just want to, I'll pray it. I'll kind of say it. But if you are, are holding on to an offense against the Lord because of an unanswered prayer, if you're holding on to offense because, Lord, but you said, Lord, you, I'm waiting for this, I encourage you to let go of it right now. Right now, let go of it. Just say, Lord, I'm, I'm letting go. Because if you're focused on what the Lord is not doing, you will miss what he's doing. If you're focused on the little 1% of what he hasn't done for you, you'll miss the 99% of what he's doing and has done for you. And I just encourage you to let the offense go because it's probably not gonna get answered the way you want it to anyways because he's gonna do it better. Think bigger. And you don't, you don't ignore what's going on. You're not in denial. It's not denial, okay? Especially if that thing you're believing for is, is a healing breakthrough. Especially if that thing you're believing for is a big financial breakthrough, the salvation of a loved one. That's not a small deal. You don't let go of it to where you just forget about it, but you stop holding God accountable for something that you think he should have done a certain way. Let it go right now. Just take a second. We're not going to rush. Just take a second. It's so important. Let that offense go. And just tell the Lord, tell him any way you want to do it. And then thank the Lord because thanksgiving attracts heaven. Thank the Lord. Thank you for what you've done, Lord. Thank you for what you've provided. Thank you for what you've given. Thank you for what you have done, are doing, and are going to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's praise the Lord this morning together. Thank you.